Eleven men hunkered in the camp with no fire. The camp took advantage of a slight embankment on the Grand River, but the plain afforded little contour to conceal their position. A fire would have signaled their presence for miles, and stealth was the trapper's best ally against another attack. Most of the men used the last hour of daylight to clean rifles, repair moccasins, or eat. The boy had been asleep from the moment they stopped, a crumpled tangle of long limbs and ill-shod clothing. The men fell into clusters of three or four, huddled against the bank or pressed against a rock or clump of sage, as if these minor protrusions might offer protection. The usual banter of camp had been dampened by the calamity on the Missouri, and then extinguished altogether by the second attack only three nights before. When they spoke at all, they spoke in hushed and pensive tones, respectful of the comrades who lay dead in their trail, heedful of the dangers still before them. Do you think he suffered, Hugh? I can't get it out of my head that he was suffering away all that time. Hugh Glass looked up at the man, William Anderson, who had posed the question. Glass thought for a while before he answered. I don't think your brother suffered. He was the oldest. When we left Kentucky, our folks told him to look after me. Didn't say a word to me. Wouldn't have occurred to them. You did your best for your brother, Will. It's a hard truth, but he was dead when that ball hit him three days ago. A new voice spoke from the shadows near the bank. Wish we'd have buried him then, instead of dragging him for two days. The speaker perched on his haunches, and in the growing darkness his face showed little feature except a dark beard and a white scar. The scar started near the corner of his mouth and curved down and around like a fishhook. Its prominence was magnified by the fact that no hair grew on the tissue, cutting a permanent sneer through his beard. His right hand worked the stout blade of a skinning knife over a whetstone as he spoke, mixing his words with a slow, rasping scrape. Keep your mouth shut, Fitzgerald, or I swear on my brother's grave I'll rip out your bloody tongue. Your brother's grave? <laughs> Not much of a grave now, was it? The men within earshot paid sudden attention, surprised at this conduct even from Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald felt the attention, and it encouraged him. More just a pile of rocks. You think he's still in there, moldering away? Fitzgerald paused for a moment, so that the only sound was the scraping of the blade on the stone. I doubt it, speaking for myself. Again he waited, calibrating the effect of his words as he spoke them. Course, could be the rocks kept the varmints off, but I think the coyotes are dragging little bits of them across. Anderson lunged at Fitzgerald with both hands extended. Fitzgerald brought his leg up sharply as he rose to meet the attack, his shin catching Anderson full force in the groin. The kick folded Anderson in two, as if some hidden cord drew his neck to his knees. Fitzgerald drove his knee into the helpless man's face, and Anderson flipped backward. 
Fitzgerald moved spryly for someone his size, pouncing to pin his knee against the chest of the gasping, bleeding man. He put the skinning knife to Anderson's throat. You wanna go join your brother? Fitzgerald pressed the knife so that the blade drew a thin line of blood. Fitzgerald, Glass said in an even but authoritative tone, that's enough. Fitzgerald looked up. He contemplated an answer to Glass's challenge, while noting with satisfaction the ring of men that now surrounded him, witnesses to Anderson's pathetic position. Better to claim victory, he decided. He'd see to Glass another day. Fitzgerald removed the blade from Anderson's throat and rammed the knife into the beaded sheath on his belt. Don't start things you can't finish, Anderson. Next time I'll finish it for you. Captain Andrew Henry pushed his way through the circle of spectators. He grabbed Fitzgerald from behind and ripped him backward, pushing him hard into the embankment. One more fight and you're out, Fitzgerald. Henry pointed beyond the perimeter of the camp to the distant horizon. If you've got an extra store of piss, you can go try making it on your own.